Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. I want to welcome each and every one of you to our new series entitled Invisible Enemies. I want to look in the camera there, welcome all of those that are watching online, our McKinney campus, our Hazlitt campus that are joining us, maybe someone in a video venue here at the Keller campus. Let's put our hands together. Welcome everybody that's joining us. We're going to start our series, Invisible Enemies, but I want to take a moment just to celebrate a church that loves the next generation. Let's give it up for all these students that are right here and joining us. Come on. Come on. I know there online, maybe you can't see or feel or experience, but we have a whole bunch of middle school students that have been to camp. And I know in Hazlitt, we're going to have a bunch of students returning to the Hazlitt campus. And I'm so thankful that you are a church that sees the need to invest in these young people as they face a different world with different challenges and different circumstances. But we truly believe that God has given them everything that they need. I believe God is the the difference maker, the change maker. I love when they go to camp because they get a chance to really encounter him and experience him. And I'm so thankful for all the volunteers, our our leaders, our team, our our next gen team. Would you put your hands together for all those volunteers that are (laughs) that are basically gonna go to sleep this afternoon and wake up tomorrow for work. Y'all know what I'm saying. Yes, that's what's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah, they'll be asleep by two o'clock, wake up, it'll be the next day. Yeah, that's what's gonna happen. We're talking about invisible enemies. You might think that's an interesting title. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Kings. It's in the Old Testament, 2 Kings 6. And you may say, what does that mean, invisible enemies? Well, we have a real fight. We have a real battle. We have a real adversary. You may not be aware of that. Uh, you, You may not have had much equipping in this area to help you with the spiritual fight that we fight. I know for many of us, we tend to approach most of life through how we can fix it, how we can change it, how we could put a little more energy into it, how we could maybe find some information that we don't have so we could make a difference in certain things that we face. But the scriptures teach us that we need to be equipped for a spiritual fight. In fact, you may not even know or recognize that we do have a real enemy. In this series, we're not trying to exalt this enemy. We are trying to also be aware, as the Bible says, of the schemes and the plans and the strategies of the enemy so that when you face your spiritual battle, you'll understand how to be equipped to face it and how to fight it. In fact, some people some, you know, may say, well, I don't really ever deal with the enemy. Well, here's one thing that happens. When, when you are going the same direction as he is, you don't tend to find much resistance. <laughs> but I would encourage you, turn, it's called repentance, and go the other way, and you might run into a little bit more resistance. Come on. As you start moving in a kingdom direction, there's a little more resistance that you begin to face. But this Bible verse in Ephesians 6 on our way to 2 Kings tells us about this battle. It says that there is a struggle. If you're like, man, I just feel like I've had some struggles, I've had some resistance, I've had some interesting pressures. Well, the Bible says there actually is a struggle, but it's not 
against what we a lot of times think that it's against. It's not against flesh and blood. We a lot of times think, well, if my boss would change or my spouse would change or the economy would change or this situation would change or somebody else would do that, then my life would be better. But the Bible says your struggle's not actually against another person of flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers. It's against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against, look at this, this is what we're gonna hone in on, all of you watching me online, this is what we're going to do in this series, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So we are fighting a term you may have heard before, spiritual warfare, there's a warfare, there's a battle, you have an adversary, you have no choice, you are in the fight, and you have to learn how to be equipped to handle the fight that you're already in, whether you recognize it or not. Now, in this fight, you fall somewhere in this continuum, probably. So I wanna make this real for you. So, so we're somewhere in this. There, there's a group of you who may be overly consumed with the fact that you're in a spiritual fight or more aware than you maybe even should be and giving more credit to the devil than he should get. So there's some who maybe are over-spiritualizing a little bit. It's like, you know, you blame everything on the devil, you know? It's like there's a devil behind every bush. I lost my car keys, the devil stole them from me, the devil took them, I lost my wallet last week. I mean, that's the devil. That really happened. You gotta cancel all your credit cards and everything. So some of you are spending my money right now. I'm trying to shut you down. (laughs) But we can get a little bit over-spiritual. However, I believe most of the people that I pastor and speak to this weekend probably fall in one of the next two categories. And that is, I know even in the last few weeks, a few people I've counseled, we have strong opinions about things, but no wisdom. Human beings are interesting when they feel a little bit of pressure, especially the people that I preach to. When there's a little bit of pressure, it's like, well, I'm gonna push harder. I'm going to just kind of up the intensity and maybe I'll be able to drive my way out of this and I'll be able to fix this. I can't tell you how many people I've counseled in recent weeks. It's like, you know a lot about this, but you don't know much about this. Just because you can fix this doesn't mean you know about this. You might need to get a little wisdom on the subject before you just plow out into the problem. Everything we face in life is not always the devil. Sometimes it is we just don't make wise decisions. I had an encounter several years ago. We were leasing an old church in South Keller. We had moved out of the cafetorium. We were in this church. We, I had four services and uh, I was preaching probably too much, a lot of weekends, four on the weekend, you know, and man, I'm just kind of battling and I'm in the grind and we had multiple services. So my wife and I went to different ones and I got up one morning, got ready, man, it was Sunday. Back then I had hair, so I combed all five of them. Y'all know what I'm saying? I had them slicked down, probably had a comb over going, kind of wrapped them around my head there. Got ready, got all spiffed up, got my little preacher jacket on. I had my Bible, man, I was ready to bring the word of God. Stepped out of my house, walked out, and my car wasn't there. Somebody had stolen my car. I don't know what happens to a person who steals the preacher's car (laughs) when he's trying to deliver the fresh, hot word of God to the people of God. 
but there's gotta be judgment, okay? There's gotta be some kind of heavenly judgment and it's just some, something's gotta happen. But anyway, I didn't have my car and my car got stolen. Now, before you feel too sorry for me, you're like, man, pastor, that's really rough. I don't know if I can really call it or really say it was stealing because I left the keys in it. So they just sort of took it, you know? It's kind of just like kind of there for them. Are you with me? So, so sometimes, again, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Yes, he does, but sometimes in life, we just don't have a lot of wisdom and we do crazy things that get us in some kind of trouble. But even more of us, I believe, find ourselves in a place where we underestimate, yes, underestimate the spiritual battle. We know how to logically deduce. We know how to strategy plan. We know how to up our intensity. We know how to spend a few more hours, a little more time, a little more energy, stay up all night, put in a few more hours and work. We know how to press ourselves, but we underestimate sometimes the spiritual realm. And I wanna give you today some help. We wanna lay a foundation for this series and. And I really was praying about this and I, I thought one of your top questions, I know this is one of your top questions, how, how do I know if it's a spiritual attack? How do I know if I'm dealing with a spiritual thing, not just a natural thing? How do I know? Because pastor, I feel like I'm having some spiritual attacks, but I don't really know how to classify that. I don't know how to calculate that. So I put a list together of some things by just a holistic understanding of scripture and the way that the enemy works to help you maybe categorize whether or not you're in a spiritual attack or not. The first one is confusion. I'm not saying you don't ever end up in a place where you need a little more information or you need some help or counsel, but when things don't make sense at all at any point, when there's a lot of confusion, many times you're being led down the wrong spiritual path. God is not the author of confusion. God is not the one who leads us by confusion. In fact, the Holy Spirit leads you by peace the Holy Spirit doesn't drive you, he leads you with peace. When there's confusion sometimes, that could be an indicator of a spiritual attack. And this is a big one, and that is fear. Where there's fear present, one of the first scriptures that we gave our children to memorize is, you have not been given a spirit of fear. God doesn't give us the spirit of fear, he doesn't lead us through fear. When there's a whole lot of fear present, many times that's a spiritual attack. And I find that a lot of people know that I shouldn't be afraid, but not a lot of people know what do I do about the fear that I have. I'm gonna try to help you with that this weekend. What do you actually do when you're like, yes, I'm anxious, yes, I'm afraid. In fact, some of you may have been under such a prolonged period of attack that you actually have lost hope that you get in a place of despair. You just kind of yield to all of it and you just live tormented by a spirit of fear. I wanna give you the equipment to be able to address that. Offense and accusation. When you find yourself just offended at every single thing and circumstance, there's a spirit that's at work there many times. The Bible says the devil is the accuser of the brethren. If you find yourself, which is a lot of where our culture is today, if they would, if she would, if he would, if they would, then there wouldn't be these problems. 
Let me, let me just explain to you something. There's a real enemy, there's a real adversary, and you could put all the perfect scenario exactly in place, and there's still going to be spiritual attacks that take place because there's evil present in the world. When you find yourself in an overly consumed place of offended at every single person, and then even deeper accusing, there can be a spiritual attack. Condemnation. Condemnation, now again, in a lot of our world today, we're confused by these. We, we, don't, we don't understand a lot of times, okay? There's this word condemnation. The Holy Spirit will convict you of sin and guide you in truth. Jesus said that before he left. He said, I'm gonna leave my spirit. My spirit's gonna guide you in truth. In fact, if you have a relationship with God and the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you, you're going to find the Holy Spirit saying to you, I wanna change that, we're gonna do something here. You're gonna find him nudging you. Stop that, don't say that. Here's where I'm leading you into righteousness. But condemnation is when you get yourself into a place where you've defined yourself not as someone who made a mistake, but I am a mistake. When you don't know who you are in Christ, that now if you've received Jesus Christ, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're a son, you're a daughter, you have full access to the King of Kings, right into the throne room of God. And a spiritual attack will get you even overly consumed with yourself and not his power to take you through the attack. And you define yourself by everything you've done or everywhere you've been or whatever, instead of really thinking about who you are in Jesus Christ. And here's where a spiritual attack, the ultimate goal of a spiritual attack is isolation. The enemy ultimately wants to get you to a place where you believe this lie. I'm the only one facing this. No one understands me. No one's ever been through this before. No, 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 wait, I have a special, no, I, I have a special situation here that you don't understand. And the enemy, as he gets you more isolated, it gives him the opportunity to continue working the only way he knows how to work. He's not God, he's not omnipresent, he only has the ability, he has one play in his playbook, it's called lie to you. And the more alone you are and the more separate you are from truth, the more susceptible you are to deception. And I hope all of us would admit in the area of spiritual attack, all of us, me included, that we as human beings have the ability to be deceived. We have the ability to believe in our own heads that everything I'm thinking is right and the enemy's job is to really get you in that place of isolation. I wanna start us on a foundation and give you one big truth and a few tools this weekend. Because if we're gonna talk about invisible enemies, we have to go here. Second Kings 6 is such a good passage because it just gets us foundationally in a place where we understand the battle that we're fighting from the right perspective. Second Kings 6 is a really good story. It's Elisha the prophet. Elisha was the mentee of the mentor Elijah. You may have heard of Elijah, but Elijah actually mentored Elisha. Elisha went with him, his mantle fell on him, and Elisha, he performed double the miracles because a double portion of that anointing fell on him. And so Elisha is here, and there's a, a battle, there's a king, the king of Aram, who is wanting to attack God's people. You may have wondered, why is, the, why, why is the Old Testament so full of battles? 
Why, why are there so many battles in the Old Testament? It's a type and a shadow of the life of a believer through Christ that there are spiritual battles that we fight. Jesus ultimately winning the victory, but these attacks that you see and the, the patterns that you see ultimately fulfilled in Jesus, but it's also a way for us to understand that again, here it is, there's this evil king who's attacking God's people. Let's look at the story and what happened. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel. None of us, my lord, the king, said one of his officers, but Elisha the prophet, who's in Israel, tells the king of Israel, this is so powerful, the very words you speak in your bedroom. You're like, man, I need me one of those in my company. I need somebody can tell me what the enemy's saying, what the enemy's strategy is. I don't believe it's a stretch of application because as Jesus shows us, it's not just finding a special prophet, but his spirit would come upon all flesh and God himself wants to guide us in truth. And I wanna tell you today, the Holy Spirit, if you'll take some time out, turn your attention toward him, we'll talk to you about your kids. We'll talk to you about the things that you're facing. We'll counsel you regarding the things going on in your business. God wants to speak to you about the schemes and strategies that you're facing. And so he says, who's, who's telling him? Well, there's this prophet telling him what is going on. So go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back, he is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out, I just found this humorous as I was reading it, when he went out early the next morning, he looked up early the next morning and there's an army with horses and chariots that is surrounding the city. He didn't even get a chance to you know, get him like a, a, a Starbucks or something, you know what I mean? He didn't even have a chance to get his day started. You ever been under a spiritual attack where you're like, couldn't you just wait till lunch to give me that bad news? But it's like immediately, oh my goodness. Man, it's like boom, right there, wakes up, first of the day. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do, the servant asked. And here is the most common phrase, the most common phrase in the area of battles and challenges and situations in the Bible. Don't be afraid. The Bible's so repetitious, it's just over and over. Don't be afraid. Wouldn't it be awesome at some point, I'm praying this over my own life, that when you get something early in the morning, when that pressure comes, when that spiritual attack comes, that we could get to a place where we're so anchored in the love of God, where the first thing that happened to us was God reassuring us that I'm with you instead of us starting with what could I lose? The whoa, oh man, what, what's gonna happen? Instead of starting with fear, we started with what the Bible says, don't be afraid. How are we not supposed to be afraid? The prophet answered, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. I have that confidence. And so it says here, Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. So the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. The enemy came down toward him. Elisha prayed to the Lord, strike this army with blindness. So he struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. What, what is the theme of this? What is this theme I wanna get you, this foundation? You're like, pastor, I'm, I'm in a spiritual attack. 
Where do we start here? Well, you have to take an Old Testament story and still bring it through the New Testament. When I thought about this spiritual world, I thought about these chariots, these horses, I thought about a moment even with Jesus, where Jesus, there was one of his disciples when they were coming to arrest Jesus, he cut off the ear of one of the person trying to arrest Jesus and Jesus said, I could call down four to six, he talks about a legions, I think I added it up, it's probably 75 to 100,000 angels, Jesus said he could call down. I'd, I'd take one in my battle. Jesus said I could call down 75 to 100,000 angels, but he said, look, he was basically explaining to them, I must go through this process, you don't understand, I'm working and, and, and fulfilling the will of my Father to actually purchase with my sacrifice, the ultimate victory. I'm purchasing the ultimate victory. When Jesus hung on the cross, he said, it is finished. You, you may not feel this way, but that doesn't make it not true. There is, for the life of the believer, no way to lose. Because Jesus has purchased our victory. Death has no power. Sin, it, there's no way for you not to win. You're like, well, wait a minute, pastor. There's a lot of times I don't feel like I'm winning. I got this struggle or that struggle. But ultimately, Ultimately, you win. The apostle Paul said, look, beat me, I'll become more like Christ. Kill me, then I'll be absent from the body and present with the Lord. There's no way for the believer to lose. There's no way. Why? Because Jesus purchased the victory when he died on the cross and rose from the dead. So Jesus says to us this right here, foundation, spiritual battle. This is big anchor point. This is what you don't wanna miss. They're in Hazlitt or wherever you're at. You don't want to miss this. When you understand what Jesus did to win the ultimate battle, not just Elisha's battle, you fight from a place of victory, not for a place of victory. You fight from a place of victory. Every battle you face, I'm his child, I'm his daughter, I'm his son, I have the victory in him, I'm seated with him in heavenly places, the worship song we sang, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives on the inside of me. So I don't know everything about how this circumstance works out, but I know this, don't be afraid. He's with me, he's in me. There's more in him, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. So I fight from a place of victory, not hoping God is listening to me, hoping God sees me, hoping maybe I could get to a special person who could pray for me to fix some circumstance. No, 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 I already know who I am because of my relationship with Jesus Christ. You say, Pastor, you say that like it's just so definitive, you know, like, like do you ever feel like you're fighting a spiritual battle? I feel like for a lot of us, the last several years, I mean, we walked through something starting in 2020, just there was a few year period there where I just felt like I was fighting battles on all fronts. Some of you that are school teachers, some of you that lead in the community, some of our medical professionals, all of us over the last few years, it just seemed like, man, there was so many things coming at us and the real challenge is not just when you're, when you're stepping out and serving and helping people and you feel like you got your, your own challenges and you're fighting battles and putting this fire out and helping with that and asking God to help you with this situation. Anybody living the same life I'm living? You still have your own stuff that you're walking through. I think about it, man, we're walking through a pretty intense season and, and I, wanna, I wanna tell you, like, I wanna be very transparent with you. I was during the season I got in a not so good place in the middle of the summer of 2020. Just pretty discouraged, honestly. 
struggling situations. This group's mad at me. Those people are mad at me. These people, you know, it's like you couldn't do anything. And, and, and I know I was take, taking probably too much of the opinion of others and all of that, but when you're a pastor, you care about people. And so you're trying to serve and you're trying to walk out something that we've never done before. I got in a challenging place, really, just to be honest. Kind of like, I don't know if I wanna go on with this. And devil just told me, you're not part of the future of what I'm gonna do. You're like, you, pastor? Oh, let me tell you something. All of us are susceptible to the lies of the enemy. Don't, don't put yourself as some set person, no matter how strong your personality is. You get in the right scenario, the right situation, and I would actually say to you, get ready. The stronger you are, you get ready. You will face some situations that you can't fix in your natural strength. The devil told me you're not part of the future. I actually told him he needed to get a mask and socially distance and get six feet back. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I didn't actually, I'll tell you later some things that happen when I try to help you, but I am trying to paint the picture that I realized that, and sometimes even in preaching and over the last few years, I've realized that in our world, in our recent time, we've had affluence. We, we, we haven't had some of the things that my grandmother had, the depression, the struggles, the things, and I realized that, that, that really we haven't equipped you with some spiritual grit to fight your battles. So now when we're in a little bit of peacetime, just know this, I'm trying to build you up, strengthen you up. I want you, I made it through, but maybe I know some things that you haven't been really open to or you haven't had preached to you, so I wanna give you some of those things because some of you are like, okay, pastor, what do you actually do? I'm in a spiritual attack. I'm dealing with something that all those things you listed, those are present, and I've got a spiritual attack in my life, so actually, what do you do? What do you lean on from the Word of God? Well, the first thing I would say to you is, you gotta close the door to the enemy. Did you know you can actually open the door to the enemy's schemes in your life? You can. You can open the door. You can open, the Bible shows us, Ephesians says, don't give the devil a foothold. Don't, don't give him an open door. The Bible says if you get an offense, it's a trap of the enemy. The Bible says that if you have strife and envy at your house, there is all kinds of evil work that can take place. So there's a place where we can open the door to the enemy's schemes in our lives. It's like I talked to a young person the other day, you know, he's like, I have, I have nightmares. I have them every now and then. Some of you say, man, I'm just tormented at night. I have nightmares all the time. I was like, well, what do you watch on TV? He said, I love horror films. <laughs> well, maybe, you know, maybe you might wanna turn off the zombie show. Maybe not watch Stranger Things. I'm sorry, I went from preaching to meddling. Because maybe what you're watching, the Bible says stay away from the appearance of evil. So maybe you're letting in your eye gates and ear gates things that open the door to your spirit that gives the devil a foothold of fear in your life. So we gotta close the door. It's like I'm reminded of my mom, it's getting summertime. I got older kids, I always look up, the door's open. You know, I feel like my, my parents. You live in a barn? Are we trying to air condition the whole neighborhood? Anybody know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm not really worried about any big threats in my neighborhood, but I am worried about bugs. So shut the door, I'm tired of flies being on my ham sandwich. 
Don't they throw up on your sandwich or something? I don't know what they do, but I don't want them there. <laughs> Shut the door. Shut the door. Look where there may be some open doors. Unforgiveness in your life. Offense in your life. Things in your life where you say, you know what, I'm gonna close these doors to the enemy. Here's number two, take your thoughts captive. The mind is the high ground. The thought life is the high ground. And if I'm here preaching this to you, I want you to understand something. I have to routinely do this. I have to routinely, just like you, you can get a thought, you can get a negative experience, you can get something that happens, and over time you're meditating on that, and the more you meditate on it, the more afraid you are, the more the enemy gets a foothold. Take your thoughts captive. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, we demolish arguments. Look at the aggressive language. This is not just some little you know, spiritual person, yes, I, I read the Bible, amen. Do you know the first church that I pastored, I didn't learn even some of these things until I was in my early 20s. The first church that I pastored, I, I was probably why I had to resign because I was too aggressive, but I went to like three prayer meetings on Wednesday night and I canceled the prayer meeting, the Wednesday night prayer meeting because I realized all we did is come together and all we did is we didn't pray with any kind of intentionality toward destroying any kind of stronghold or believing that God could do anything. We ultimately believed a wrong view of God's sovereignty that he just wound the universe up and it's like whatever will be, will be. And so we just commiserated about every bad problem in our whole society, everything going on, and we kind of commiserated and then we gossiped a little bit. I wanna give a prayer request. So-and-so's been talking about me. Oh, we appreciate that prayer request, right? That's not a prayer request, that's called gossip. And then by the time we left, we were more discouraged than we showed up for the prayer meeting. Now you may not know this about the Bible, and yes, God is ultimately in charge, and he ultimately fulfills his plan, but he did give us a participatory process to participate in his kingdom. And I love the aggressive language here. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. I've read this verse 500 times. It hit me new and fresh this week and we take captive every thought, and we make it obedient to Christ. We take it and we make it. Sometimes it doesn't wanna make. You have those thoughts there that you're like, no, I'm taking you. I'm making you obedient to Christ. Wait a minute, I thought I took you. Then it's back again. I take it and I make it obedient to Christ. It's the high ground of spiritual battle. It's the high ground. The battles that you study, military strategy, the battle of Gettysburg, Thermopylae, the battle that is like the movie 300, I think. I haven't seen it, but I saw research. It's like it's, it's, it is ultimately an exaggerated version of this battle where the Persian army had so many more soldiers coming, but they ended up being able to stand them off for five to seven days because of a little narrow pass and a higher place. And so what you see is in a military strategy is everyone's fighting for the high ground because if you get the high ground, you can stand. Well, I want you to get this. This is so important. The high ground for your spiritual battle is right here. It's thinking thoughts that align with the truth of God's word, and it's never been more challenging than today. Because there are thoughts and things swirling and exposure to everything. It's almost like us, our desire to go to a car wreck scene or something, to see something bad. Like I run into people, it's like they're the experts on everything bad in the whole world. I'm not saying we shouldn't be informed. 
Everybody I talk to is anxious and fearful. Well, what do you do? Well, I watch the news all day. Well, that's probably not good. I'm not saying you shouldn't be informed, but young people, again, I know they have FOMO, the fear of missing out. The older I get, I got JOMO, the joy of missing out. Y'all know what I'm saying? I don't wanna know about everything. I don't want every evil thought, every bad circumstance, every, every th- I'm not gonna meditate on that because my thought life doesn't need it. The third thing is, remember, we're not fighting alone. We're not fighting alone. I like to watch outdoor shows. I, I, like, I like the Planet Earth, the outdoor channel. I like outdoor, I'm an outdoors guy. Grew up in the country, I love the outdoors, love nature, love everything. I recharge when I'm outside in the outdoors. It just, just fills my soul, okay? So there's not a lot good on TV, so I watch a little sports, try to get a little outdoor show, but I live in a female-dominated household. The estrogen level is very high. My son moved off. So, I mean, a lot of times, like, I sat down with him the other day to watch, I don't know, Heartland, some kind of show or something. You know, I, I sat there for 20 minutes. I'm like, this is stupid. I mean, I, oh, I forgot, honey, I can't say stupid, but it was stupid. I'm like, I'm doing something else. But you notice what you see in an outdoor show is when you watch a, 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 maybe a, an African safari or something, The predator is always looking for the most vulnerable prey, which is generally the one that is separate from the herd. It's always that way. The devil is a roaring lion looking around. Why does the Bible say we should be sober and vigilant and intentional because he's seeking whom he may devour. And why does the enemy want to get you isolated? Because the more isolated you are, the more vulnerable you are to spiritual attacks. So it's the opposite of what you think. It's the opposite. I'm dealing with something no one will understand. I just have to fight this by myself because no one can really understand it. Oh, they're too busy, or they don't have time for me, or I'm just gonna have to work this out on my own. I'm just gonna have to figure this out on my own. No one really cares. No one really understands. That's the enemy. Isolate, isolate, isolate. I talk about this all the time in 27 years of pastoring. Where's the Smiths? Where are they at? Well, what happened to them? I'll be able to look around. Where'd they go? They go, well, they're going through something. They're going through something. You know, actually, I used to always take it personal when someone was absent from church. I'm like, did I say something wrong? Did I preach something too hard? Was I, I would take it personal. You know what I really learned? Most of the time, it has nothing to do with me or anything. People are dealing with personal things, and when you're in a spiritual battle, the devil tells you to separate from everybody else. That's what he tells you to do. Why? So you're easy pickings. You say, how did I get out of that deal in the summer? Well, I had, to, I had to go old school. If y'all were around here during that time, I was preaching old school too because I was preaching to myself. And I had to go back old school to some of these things I'm talking to you about. But there was a moment in the summer of 2020 where a few of my counselors and friends and others, we gathered together. And, I, and I'll be honest, I, I had a deliverance. I got set free by just some people with the authority of the word of God who I trusted and respected looked at me and said, Jeff, you're going against everything you believe in preaching. Just, I mean, just boom. How many of you know you need somebody sometimes just that loves you enough to speak the truth to you? I'm so thankful for the relationships in my life. Let me tell you, we can't fight these spiritual battles alone. 
You can't. Here's the final thing. This is the big one. This is where your weapons come in. Confess the word. Use the authority you've been given. Now, I understand there's a reading the word, because when you read the word, then you get God's thoughts. There's meditating on the word. You're like, I don't know how to meditate on the word. The word meditate means chew. So you're chewing on the word of God instead of the news or what someone said about you. But a lot of times we've taught, been taught to read the word, to study the word, to even maybe meditate on the word, but we haven't been taught to confess the word. And so a lot of times we're looking at this, well, we're reading the Bible, we're getting uh, information, we're, 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 we're gonna try to be smarter than somebody else. I can win a Bible driller class. I mean, this is not a history book. This is not, it has history in it, but it's not primarily a history book. This is a book to give you God's perspective that leads you to a greater relationship with him so that when you face your situations, you see them from his perspective. And it says of itself, it is your sword in your battle. So you have to come to a place where, okay, I gotta confess the word in that situation. That's where the authority comes from, by the way. You're like, I feel powerless. Well, you need to get a hold of some of the truths of the word of God to show you where your authority is. How do, you, how do you have authority? How do you know if you're saying something that God agrees with? When you pray the word, you're agreeing with God. When you confess the word, you're always on God's page. You're always speaking to your situation authoritatively through the scripture every time you confess the word. So you say, what does that mean, pastor? Well. I wanna lead you through a little exercise, but I do wanna say, if you're in a spiritual attack, every one of these that I gave, don't do it casually. Do it like the verses we read that says, do it a little bit aggressively. You're like, man, I'm isolated. Don't think, well, I'll look for an opportunity. No, connect. If you say, man, I'm under a spiritual attack, and that's okay, and this is okay, and don't, no, shut the door. If you're under an attack in your mind, look, take that thought captive with the word of God. Confess the word. Up, up that level a little bit in your life. Because as spiritual attacks come, you've got to up the intensity just a little bit. I'm asking if you would to stand on your feet, whether you're in Hazlitt, you're in a video venue, wherever you're at, I'm going to ask... If you don't have an emergency, I'm gonna ask you, we're closing the service, it'll be just a few more minutes, I'm gonna ask you not to move around, not to leave, you need this moment, all right? We're busy, we're running to the next thing, you need this moment right here. I'm gonna ask everyone just to bow their heads, no matter where you're at, listening to me. The first step in spiritual battle, now this is heavy language that the Bible gives, but the Bible says actually, before we receive Christ, we're actually fighting against God. We're enemies of him. He, we are created in his image and we love him, but you actually, right now, depending on your decision regarding Jesus Christ, you either are fighting with God or you're fighting against God. Can I just encourage you? Not only for the great salvation of all that comes from a relationship with Jesus, the peace, the love, the eternal life, but also the victory that you have day by day to face whatever it is you face. You don't wanna do that alone. You don't wanna do that alone. You don't wanna face life by yourself on your own. So wherever you're at, wherever you're listening to me, just say, Jesus, I give you my life. 
Jesus, you won the ultimate victory. You say it in your own words, in your own heart. Jesus, you purchased my salvation. I believe you died on the cross, you rose from the dead, and I accept you today. I wanna make you Lord of my life. If you're not right with him, that's the first step in any spiritual battle. Say, Jesus, I receive you today. I surrender to you. Jesus, I give you my life. If you prayed that prayer, I'm gonna ask you to let us know so that we can help you start your journey. But I, I believe that there's some help for all of us. I'm gonna ask everybody just to look up here with me. On your way in, you got a card. If you got that card, wherever you're at, just kind of wave it at me if you got it. I wanna make sure you got that card there. If you don't have a card, I'm gonna put it on the screen. But I always love to make it real because I believe there may be some of you out there, you're like, I'm in a spiritual battle. I wanna confess God's word over my situation. I don't really know how to pray like that, Pastor. I don't know the words, I don't know how. So I wanna give you an example and we're gonna do it together as we pray this prayer. So I want you to read it with me. And in fact, on the back, by the way, are all the scripture references that you're gonna see in the prayer. So you can take those scriptures and use them in your everyday life. I'm always trying to equip you personally, practically help you. So you can take this card. You're like, I'm in a spiritual attack. You can pray this prayer and you can look at those verses and you can confess them, put them on the dash of your car, put them right there on your desk at work if you need to. And so every one of these prayers that we're praying and statements are all referenced by the word of God, which means when we pray it, we're praying God's will into the situation. Let's pray it together. Father, I thank you for your great love and the overcoming victory you've given me. I come to you with confidence because I know you will give me help when I need it most. I don't come on the basis of my own merit, but through the righteousness of God, through the blood of Jesus. Through his death and resurrection, he has given me new life. I know my authority does not come from my name, but from the name of Jesus, the name above every name, the name that causes every knee to bow and every tongue to confess that he is Lord. You promise that when I resist the enemy, he will flee from me. God, I believe if you're for me, no one can stand against me. I believe we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I know you haven't given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. No matter what I face, I can stand secure because I know you have given me everything I need for life and godliness. I can do all things because of the strength that I find in Jesus. I worship you, honor you, and give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.